everyone, and welcome to the Homicide Homegirls podcast, a weekly true crime podcast examining the true crime cases that fascinate and intrigue us. I'm Arielle. And I'm Amanda. Thanks for joining us. We can't wait to share the details of this wild episode with you. Hey guys. Hey y'all. It's Wednesday again, and on Wednesdays we talk murder. Love it. So, let's get started. Um, I've been promising for a while now that we would move out of Louisiana and the Deep South, um, and today we are. Uh, we're heading to Michigan. Today we're going to talk about the disappearance of Mary Denise Lands, who vanished without a trace from Michigan in March of 2004. And apparently this is one of Michigan's high-profile missing persons cases. It's crazy because I've never heard her before. Hmm. Uh, before we get started today, y'all, um, we wanted to do a little, uh, little something different and take a quick second to shout out our very first homegirl of the week. Her name is Desiree, and she's from North Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, she is always messaging us. Right. Um, she communicates us communicates with us a lot via Instagram, via Facebook, Facebook Messenger, Snapchat, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gives us a lot of good feedback. She's always, like, just being conversational about mm-hmm. what we discuss. And I'm here for it. Right. Um, so we just wanted to say a quick thank you to Desiree. And she also shares all of, like, our episodes on social media. And she's helping to get the word out. Yeah. So we're very appreciative. So, yeah, thank you. And uh, thanks for everything you've done for us. And you keep sharing. And, you know. Just want to take a second to say, say thank, thank you, you. And that we couldn't do it. Without you guys. So, very first homegirl of the week. So, now we got, you know, now we did that. We just want to jump right in. So, Mary Denise Lands was born September 3rd, 1965, which actually makes her my my mom's age. Mm -hmm. So, it's kind of interesting. But she came from a close-knit family in Marshall, Michigan, which is a relatively small town uh, with a population of about 7,000 people, mm-hmm. according to the 2010 U.S. Census. Mm-hmm. And Marshall is about 105 miles or an hour, hour, hour and a half west of Detroit. Okay. Uh, Anita Marshall. I, okay. So Marshall is Mary's maiden name. So she's. But she's from she's Marshall, Mary. Michigan. Oh, wow. So and, she's from mm-hmm. Marshall, Michigan, but her maiden name is Marshall. So she's Mary Denise Marshall Lands from Marshall, Michigan. Yes. Whoa, say that three times really fast. I'm not even going to try. No. So her mother, Anita Marshall, told Dateline that her daughter Mary was a good person who had a lot of friends growing up in the Midwest. And in 2004, Anita and her husband Clifford, Mary's father, moved to California. According to Anita, she begged Mary, who was now grown with her own family, to move west with them. Okay. Saying, quote, we went to California and she wouldn't go. She was getting ready to be a grandma and wouldn't leave, end quote. Aw. Which, I understand that. Yeah. Um, and in March of 2004, Mary Denise Lands was a 39-year-old mother of two, who worked in the medical field and was living with her fiancé in Marshall, Michigan. Um, So, Mary Denise Lands was last seen leaving her Marshall, Michigan apartment in the 1200 block of Arm Street around 10.30 p.m. on March 12, 2004, reportedly after a fight with her live-in fiancé, Christopher Pratt, not to be confused with Marvel superhero Chris Pratt. Wow, fun fact. You know this. 
um, my parent. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's? Oh, now I have to explain your what God, a parent is. Your godfather. My godfather. Um, he's passed away, but his name was Christopher Pratt. So, before the, the, I guess notoriety of Christopher Pratt, the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that name has always been around me. So yeah. when um, Lizzie my, knew. I told Lizzie about it before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I am not telling Amanda his name. Yeah, because I, I knew that was your your uncle. Well, Parent. Parent. Yeah. Godfather. Yeah. Um, that was funny. I was like, and now I have to explain what that is. Right. So according to Pratt, Mary left the apartment they shared wearing only medical scrubs with SpongeBob on them and a leather jacket. It was 20 degrees out the night that she disappeared. Did and she work in the medical field? Yes. Okay. I think I said that. Maybe. I think I did. Um, Mary took her purse, but left her cell phone, keys, and her brand new Dodge Durango. So she left on foot in 20 degree weather wearing scrubs and a jacket. With only her purse. Yeah. So scrubs are pretty thin to be wearing in 20 degree weather. In March in Michigan. Right. It is a full-blown winter right. in March. So, to me, that seems like she was coming back. Like, she was just probably going to blow off some steam. Maybe, you know. Yeah. Maybe because it says they had an argument and she stormed out. Yeah. So, you know, she was probably just trying to go cool down and was going to planning to come back, but she's never been seen again. Like a smoke break or something. I don't know. I don't right. know if she was a smoker, but, that, yeah, it didn't seem like she was departing. Because who walks out in 20-degree weather? In scrubs. In scrubs. For an extended, you know, that that you think you're going to be out for an extended period right. of time. So, two days later, on March 14, 2004, Pratt called Mary's parents to ask if Mary was with them in California because he had not seen or heard from her since the night of March 12th. So, two days, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although he hadn't seen or heard from his fiance in two days, uh, he had yet to contact police to report her missing. So, Mary's brother, Mike, is the one who actually called the Marshall Police Department to report his sister missing. I don't get it. Like, I'm that, I'm that girl. Like, if you leave your phone at home and you don't, and I can't get in touch with you, I'm calling the people on you. Or I'm going to come try to find you first, and then yeah. I'm going to call the police. Right. And if and if you do have your phone on you, and you're not answering me, I'm going to give you a warning. You have five minutes to call me back, or I'm, reporting you, you're okay. or I'm reporting you missing. Like, right, right. Uh, maybe that's just the former dispatcher in me, but... Right. So when police started investigating, they eventually recovered video surveillance from a party supply store in Marshall, Michigan, that shows Mary shopping around 6.30 p.m. on March 12th. The day. The, the day that she went missing. So what, did, they, did you say what time she left the apartment? Uh, Chris says it's around 10.30 p.m. yes so 10 30 so according Four to hours. the timeline it was prior to her missing mm-hmm. okay uh she was next reportedly seen at a tanning salon with pratt okay and witnesses reported hearing them arguing in the tanning salon and later that night one of mary's friends showed up to her apartment to pick her up so they could hang out like as they had previously planned mm-hmm. um but instead of mary Pratt answered the door and told her that Mary wasn't available and couldn't hang out with that friend as planned. And as we already know, Mary would vanish that night and no one has seen or heard from her since. 
that's so fishy like did, was she in the apartment alive and they were just mm-hmm. having an argument so he said no or had she already departed at that right. point or was she inside the apartment dead and I don't know exactly what time that was but it was Ooh. sometime between the, the arguing at the tanning salon and, and the, her but missing. so sometime between like 6 30 and 10 30 so yeah. that four hour window and I just I find it really odd that Pratt told Mary's friend she wasn't quote unquote available and her friend just took his word for it like for example if you and I had plans, and I showed up, and your boyfriend or fiance just tells me that you aren't available, and I don't talk to you to verify that myself, I, I'm busting in that apartment to see what in the heck is going on. But I mean, maybe and you just know me. that I ain't gonna be there with no man that is gonna tell you when I'm available right. and when I'm not available. Right. You don't run my life. Right. I mean, maybe it's because I consume so much true crime that I literally don't trust anyone. And, like, I expect the literal worst out of everybody. But, really, like, I just wonder if her friend didn't think that was a little weird, too, you know? I mean, this just makes things even, like, murkier with this whole case. How long were they together? I want to say about two or three years. I mean, Pratt is the one who told investigators the last time he saw Mary was at 10.30 p.m. Was he telling the truth? Because he's the one who set this whole timeline. Yeah. Besides the surveillance video. He's pulling the strings right now. Right. So, I mean, if she was home and alive and well prior to that, you know, like when, like when the um, friend got there, like, why didn't she come to the door and tell herself? You know, like there's so many. I'd have been kicking and screaming if, like, if that were me and I was still in the apartment alive. You, you would have known. Right, but that, that I mean, there. but then there—that's also, a, a, I guess, a theory or a something to think about. I mean, maybe she was already dead at that point. You know, so because um, I feel like okay, I feel like if she had already departed the apartment on foot, he would have said she's not she's here. She's not here. Not he just says she's not available. available. So that's fishier. Mm-hmm. The, the word choice. Yes. You know? She went. She, I don't know where she went. Right. And I feel like I do this in my everyday life. Like, I overanalyze what people say, like, the word usage, the word choice. I dissect it, too. And and I think it just, with since I watch so much true crime and consume so much true crime, I listen to so many podcasts, and we have our own podcast, I feel like now I, I think about things even more. It's part of who we are. Right. <laughs> so, according to the Charlie Project, police dogs tracked Mary's scent to a nearby hotel after she went missing. However, there was never any proof that she was ever actually at the motel. Mm -hmm. And Mary has also not used her bank account or her credit cards since she disappeared. Was there any history of domestic violence? I'm going to get there. (sighs) I'm I'm getting real good at this. So now I kind of want to talk about the investigation suspects theories. So... The theories and suspects are kind of tied, so I'm going to start with theory number one. Obviously, suspect number one is Mary's fiancé, Christopher Luke Pratt. Star-Lord. <laughs> Not to be confused with <laughs> Star-Lord. Uh, I hope you guys watch Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> or Avengers. Um, so police told Dateline that they questioned Christopher Pratt immediately after Mary disappeared. but Like once she was reported. Mm-hmm. When her brother reported her, not even him. Right. But after initial questioning, Christopher went quiet. The, Suspicious. 
The Marshall Police Department has said that they have not heard from him or had any contact with him since April of 2004. Which, if you naturally, he doesn't have anything to hide, right? Which, if you remember, is around a month after she disappeared. So, Chris Pratt was interviewed in 2004, just days after Mary disappeared, in the apartment that they shared. Um, so, I'll play a little bit of it, and then we can kind of dissect it. Oh, you have the interview? Mm-hmm. I have the video. Push show. Um, yeah. Mixed emotions right now. I'm. It's kind of difficult for me to just pinpoint yeah. one emotion that yeah, you know. Been, um, right now, I'm a little 13, bit of. I'm a little. I'm a little and. and I'm a little anxious to see what these dogs are going to pick up the scent again and take it um, that to that next step and find her. Um, I'm anticipating that we find her and she's okay. Um, my true belief is that she's out there somewhere just hiding out. Um, there's been information that we've gathered that, you know, that could lead you to believe other things, but I always want to just believe the, the best, you know. Um, oh, Chestnut Hill Recreational Water yeah. the Water Tower uh, there, or Water Tower Excuse Recreational me? Center, I guess it's going to be there out there. Um, um, the Chestnut Hill Hill Recreational Center, as somebody to talk to, oh, somebody to, um, um, would you, like to you know, lean on, and, and their, yeah, their tactics and their their gun-ho attitude that they're going to find her and they're not going to give up really gives me a, you know, that relief off my shoulders. And um, I really appreciate it. The Marshall Police Department, um, they've been on top of every scenario out there. Um, uh, we've... We don't, I, to me, I don't know, you know, all the leads or anything like that. That's up to them, and hopefully they figure out what they need to figure out. Um, my goal is to find her and have her back home and let her know that I love her, I miss her, her family loves her, they miss her, um, that, you know, you know, we really want you to come home and hope she's all right, and, you know, that's... That's the way I'm feeling. I'm sure that's the way everybody's feeling. Yes, and um... I don't believe him for a second. Right. And there's another part of the video. I just wanted to skip through some of it. One second. Okay. He's a terrible actor. Yeah, so here's the last little piece of it. There was like 30 seconds in the middle that I kind of didn't think was... He kind of goes off on a tangent about something that's completely unrelated. But okay. anyway... Overall, what are my thoughts? Five days later, um, I'm getting pretty scared, pretty worried. I, my thoughts are that, um, you know, I wish we we could have just followed her right out the door, day one. You know, um, I believe she's out there somewhere, and I believe um, if she's hiding out on her own, that uh, she doesn't realize who's looking for her, that we're all looking for it and that we're that worried. Um, and if she's being held against her will, then um, I just want everybody to know that we will find her and we will um, deal with that when we come to it. 
Gunther. Um, this is my fiance, Mary Lands. Her age is 39. She's been missing since Friday, approximately between 10 and 11, let's say 10.30. Um, she took a walk and we haven't seen her since. Um, they've tracked her throughout the Marshall area to different establishments um, in this area across the street and across town. And um, we believe she's out there somewhere and uh, we will find her. And if anybody has any information leading to her, um, we're trying to set up uh, through an organization, Shannon, that will offer rewards and so on and so forth. Sun Carrington Foundation. The Sun Carrington Foundation will be offering rewards uh, for any leads um, that bring us to her. You know, I don't know how to put it, you know. Mm -hmm. Right, that's, that's good. For a safe return. For a safe return. Or anything, just um, if you can give me a lead, anybody, anywhere, you know, it'll be a bit well worth, you know, you know, a good handshake. Wait, who's coaching him? I don't know, because you can see on the video he's like looking. Oh, yeah. Sorry that was kind of long, but I thought that was his. And I know there's no right way to react when a loved one goes missing, and there's no rule book to this, but there's no this guy just seemed way too calm to me. He sounds like he's just making it up as he goes. Right, like, he gave this entire interview, like, so matter-of-fact. Like, he was talking about the weather, you know? And he kept mentioning that she was out there somewhere or hiding out on her own. Like, why say that? Why would, why would, why would she do that? Like, come on. He kept, like... He kept saying, I hope they find her. Almost as if he, he's like, he knows that he's probably guilty. Right. That's then, just me. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm pinning it on him from the, yeah. from John. Well, and then when he was talking about the reward for any information that, like, leads them to her, he says, quote, I don't know what to call it, end quote. Um, her safe return? Yeah. Like, like he's, he's, is he uneducated? I don't know, and I don't know if he's, like, in his head because he's lying, and he's trying to, like, think of that next lie, because, you yeah. know, that's the thing. That's the thing with lying. Yeah. You tell one lie, and then you tell a second lie, and, and then it's snowball effect. Right. So, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah he he's, sounds either uneducated or not, a, like, he's a very good liar. Or, right, or untruthful, like, he's being trying to be deceptive. So, according to the Marshall Police Department, although Chris Pratt is considered a person of interest in Mary's disappearance, he has never been officially named as a suspect. By them. But for me. Well, suspect or not, this dude is sketchy. Suspicious. Well, I mean, she was his fiance, but he has not followed up with police to find out if there is any progress on her case in the 15 years since she's been missing. And he only, like, was... Involved with them for a month. Yeah, he was only cooperative for a month. Right. Like, why would you not check up on the progress of the case? I'll tell you why. Because you did it. Because you know what happened to her. Because you did it. You know? And, and we've seen this. I can't think of a specific case offhand, but I have seen it before where... The husband did it. The husband... Well, or the husband and the fiance did it, and they're not checking in with the police because they're not worried because they know yeah. where that person is because they did it. Because... It, which is interesting because a lot of people say that um, the person who commits a crime usually involves himself closely with the investigation. Right. But that's not always the case. That is not always the case. So this is the polar opposite mm -hmm. of that. Being, so it's right. just, 
interesting to see how people will react differently. Right. And if my significant other went missing, you can bet I'd be calling the police constantly, bugging them about what was going on, so much so that they would be sick of me. Like, I would walk in and they'd be like, oh, here she comes again. Damn. No, ma'am, we haven't found anything else. Cruella's no. back. Cruella. So, okay, so something else that I came across that makes Pratt look even more questionable, this is going to infuriate you, but... So I've seen in several places on the interwebs. I can see your face because you're like hanging on the edge of your seat. Cause I'm I about just, to go off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've seen in several places on the interwebs that Pratt was allegedly seen at a flea market in Homer, Michigan, about three months after Mary's disappearance, attempting to sell the brown leather jacket he told police Mary was wearing when she disappeared. <gasps> And they didn't think that was of any significance? So a family member of Mary's went to the flea market, confronted him about the jacket, then took it and turned it over to the police. But I don't know how true this is. I mean, I have seen it in several places, but do with that what you will. And I haven't seen, like, a police police officer come or, like, a spokesperson come out and say that. And I haven't seen anywhere where the police, like, admitted that they have this jacket or that they found anything or anything came from it. So, I I don't know. I just looked it up. Homer and Marshall are about 22 minutes, give or take, away. Mm -hmm. So, it's really close. Mm -hmm. So, although Christopher Pratt stopped communicating with the Marshall Police Department regarding Mary's disappearance, he didn't stop having run-ins with the law. Hmm. He was found guilty in 2007 of domestic violence involving another woman. Ding, ding, ding. Pratt was convicted in January 2008 on domestic abuse charges, including false imprisonment with his then-girlfriend. That's a felony in Louisiana. Right. He received a jail sentence of between 7 and 24 years in prison. What? Mm Mm-hmm. But he was paroled from prison in November of 2013. So After serving one year and two months less than the minimum. So the minimum was seven years. And he wow. served, so he's I guess, a little over five years. Yeah. False imprisonment. That's that's a felony. Right. Doesn't stop there. So he was paroled in November of 2013. But in November of 2018, five years later, Pratt found himself in hot water with the authorities again. He was charged with criminal So sexual- this was just a year ago. Yeah. Holy Just a year ago. Crap. Yes. He was charged with criminal sexual conduct in the third degree after a 16-year-old girl told the Calhoun County Sheriff's Department deputies that she was raped by Pratt after she left Star Commonwealth, which is a residential treatment facility for juveniles in Albion, Michigan. And Albion is about 12 miles from Marshall, Michigan, uh-huh. where Mary disappeared from. So Marshall is also in Calhoun County, so this is all very close Relevant, in proximity. Yeah you know, to each other, and so what happened with the 16-year-old, according to... Sexual conduct case. Yes, so according to detectives, the girl left Star, the residential treatment facility Mm -hmm. she was at, on September 2nd, 2018, and she was found on September 10th, 2018, in Pontiac, I guess that's in Michigan, and she was returned to Star. So the next day, she told deputies that she was raped after she stopped at Pratt's home and asked for a ride, to Pontiac so she could see her boyfriend. So, Pratt had a hearing on this rape charge scheduled for April 2019, so April of this year. Oh my gosh. However, 
This hearing was postponed by a judge in Calhoun County to allow Pratt's attorney more time to find witnesses and because Pratt was assaulted and injured by another inmate the day before the hearing. He probably did that on purpose. He had two black eyes, a broken nose, bites on his fingers, and a possible head injury and concussion. How convenient. Right. Like eight, it was like I'm 8 a.m. the day I'm before. I'm not right. buying it. He probably paid somebody to be Yeah, up. like, let me up your commissary. Let me put some money on your books. And Kick my... I'm not sure what the fight was about. Like, I, I didn't... It was in his cell, though. So, I don't know. But, according to the uh, assistant prosecutor, the teenage girl was the only witness she planned to call that day just to determine if there was enough evidence to even send the case to trial. So, it was like a pre-trial hearing. Uh-huh. But, Pratt's lawyer said that he wanted to question other witnesses, um, including two deputies and a representative from the Star Commonwealth, where she was, mm-hmm. and another representative from the Child Advocacy Center who did an interview with the alleged victim. So, according to BattleCreekInquire.com, Pratt's lawyer told the judge that he wanted to challenge the credibility of the girl and present evidence that she lied. Hmm. Saying, quote, when she was first contacted, she said she stayed at the house and nothing sexual happened, but she ran away again and then comes back and gets arrested and then says she was sexually assaulted, end quote. Hmm. And I feel like that's pretty typical of victim blaming, you know? Yeah. But this living facility was for it's a, substance abuse? or I'm assuming so. For juveniles. I don't know. But in the end, the judge did agree to delay the hearing until Pratt's lawyer was able to search for his witnesses because one of the deputies that he wanted to interview couldn't be reached and the other one was injured and on leave at the time. And a third potential witness would not appear without a court order rather than just a subpoena. So, I I don't know. Sounds like excuses to me, but I digress. But good news. Pratt was ordered by a judge to stay in trial related to the 16-year-old girl's alleged rape. Um, in June 2019, a Calhoun County District Judge ordered Pratt to stay in trial on the charge of third-degree criminal sexual conduct related to the alleged attack on the girl, which took place in September of 2018. And I haven't seen anything more recent than the June 2019 article that stated that he was ordered to trial. But I'll keep an eye on this, let you know what happens. So, so I'm assuming he's in jail. They ordered trial, but they may have not gone I'm assuming to trial. he's in jail awaiting trial. Right. Stuff, this stuff can drag out. So. Yeah, oh, totally. So that was all theory number one in a nutshell. Oh, right. So theory number one in a nutshell is that Pratt did it. Her fiancé at the time did it. Yeah. Are there any other theories that we need to talk about? I'm just kidding. Yeah, there are two other ones. <laughs> so it, the other two are very less likely, but... And I want to touch on that. Hopefully, like, if the the judge throws the book at him for this sexual assault, being that he already had a violent history, right. maybe they can, you know, yank it out of him. If, if right. there is anything to yank out for, right. for, what's her name? Mary? Mary, right. I'll keep, no, I keep wanting to, to say Denise Mary. And not oh, Mary Denise. oh, right. I keep flipping it. Okay. So, theory number two is that Mary walked away from her life intentionally and is alive somewhere, living a whole new life. But I don't think this theory is what happened to her. Um, she didn't take much with her that March 2004 night 
you know, like I said earlier, she didn't take her keys, her phone, or her vehicle. And her bank account and credit cards have not been used since she went missing. Yeah. So that's why I really don't think this theory is likely at all. I mean, I wanted to mention it because while unlikely, it technically could have happened. Yeah. Um, I just don't think. I mean, she she hasn't used any of her money. Like, it's, and you know, it's not like she took a big sum of money out. Right. Or like before she went missing or anything. So, um, theory number three is that Mary met with foul play. Uh, at the hands of someone other than her then fiance Christopher Luke Pratt um, I feel like this theory falls kind of into the same category as theory two for me yes it's possible but probably not really likely I um, like maybe she would have been discovered right yeah and they oh I don't know if I've ever said that but they've never found her body I've assumed that I assume yeah but like I feel like if foul play by the hands of a stranger you know, just on her mm-hmm. spontaneous walk that night. I feel like um, right. they probably would have discovered her. Right. So there's been no evidence that there could have been anyone else involved. And no one else has ever been considered a person of interest besides Chris Pratt. And the statistics don't lie. I think I've used this same these same statistics in another episode. The Jennifer Harris episode, if I remember correctly. But... According to a 2017 The Atlantic The Atlantic.com article, quote, the CDC analyzed the murders of women in 18 states from 2003 to 2014, finding a total of 10,018 deaths. Of those, 55% were intimate partner violence related, meaning they occurred at the hands of a former or current partner or the partner's family or friends. Mm-hmm. And in 93% of those cases, the culprit was a current or former romantic partner. Yep. And the report also bucks the strangers in dark alleys narrative common to televised crime dramas. Strangers perpetrated just 16% of all female homicides, fewer than acquaintances, and just slightly more than parents. So about a third of the time, the couple had argued right before the homicide Mm -hmm. took place. And about 12% of the deaths were associated with jealousy, end quote. Mm -hmm. So to me, the statistics say it's more likely that theory number one, that Chris Pratt harmed Mary in some way is correct. That's more likely than this theory, you know, theory three, that some stranger harmed Mary. Mm -hmm. You know, because like you said, I feel like they would have found her. Right. So... Uh, I kind of just want to talk about where we are today. As of this recording, Mary Denise Lands is still missing, vanished without a trace. Um, No one has seen or heard from Mary since March 12, 2004. In April of 2011, a judge declared Mary Denise Lands legally dead. Okay. Deputy Chief McDonald of the Marshall Police Department testified at the hearing. What? Um, He... He told the judge that Marshall Police were unable to establish any signs that she was alive. And this, they declared her legally dead at the request of her family. To get a death certificate or... Well, for Mary's mother, Anita, they made that decision to have Mary declared deceased so that her ch- Mary's children could, you know, have some kind of yeah. closure and get on their lives and move on, but... Um, Mary's father, Cliff, had a hard time with the decision because it felt so final. Yeah. You know? That was like that little glimmer of hope. Right. That last glimmer of hope is gone. And private investigator Jim Carlin has actually worked with Mary's family 
uh, pro bono on Mary's case since her disappearance in March of 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, P.I. Carlin is still very actively involved and very outspoken regarding Mary's case. He is still fighting today to bring justice to Mary. And still never recovered. Mm-mm. And although Mary's family is convinced she's buried in a swamp near where she went missing from, uh, the swamp has been searched multiple times to no avail. Several dogs did hit on the area based uh-huh. on Mary's scent. However, her body was not found. But they also hit on that hotel, too. Right. Um, a bone was found at the swamp, but it turned out to be the bone of a deer, oh. not a human. And actually, a search for Mary's remains was performed a few months ago in June oh, wow. 2019 in Taconsha, Michigan, which is a very, very small town. I'm talking 717 people, according to the 2010 census. And it's about 13 miles from Marshall, Michigan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she was last reported to be to have been seen. Um, a ground search was performed in Taconsha after two different tips were received about Mary's remains being located there. However, after an exhaustive search, including canines, no remains were found during that search. But since the June 2019 search, I haven't really seen another update on her case. So mm-hmm. she's just missing so sad you know, like vanished without a trace and these cases are the ones that bother me the most yeah you know i don't understand how someone can just fall off the face of the planet mm-hmm. you know and uh, these cases are the ones that honestly scare me to death and keep me up at night right you know like someone somewhere knows something and, and it's probably christopher pratt but right and we i mean we just have to hope that one day the person who's responsible for her disappearance will come clean and confess or will be brought to justice you know yeah um mary denise lands would be 54 years old today at the time of her disappearance mary was five foot six inches tall and weighed 160 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes just in case just on the off chance she still is out there do they have um an age progression photo i haven't seen one hmm um so final thoughts Christopher did it. Yeah, and that's kind of where I land, too. No questions asked. Yeah, that's kind of where I land, too. What, what blows me, I mean, say he did kill her in the apartment. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they did a search of it. I mean, or that, they would have or, found... Or, or the, the brand-new Dodge Durango, mm-hmm. you know? That, I mean... And well, Okay, so I didn't include this in the actual script part of this, but I'm going to just go off on a tangent about this. So I read that... Her Durango was turned over to the police. And I think I found this on Reddit, so take this with a grain of salt. Reddit is a rabbit hole, you know that. Yes. Um, So I read that her Durango was turned over to the police, and years later, the PI investigated... Carlin. Carlin, yeah, the private investigator, um, went to the police's impound lot to, I guess, look at her car, and it was on blocks. Like, the tires were missing. What? Right. In a police impound lot. So, I I don't know. And I also read that, I want to say it was the night she, either the night Mary went, I think it was the night Mary went missing. Like I said, I read this on Reddit too. So, the night Mary went missing, Christopher Pratt called a deputy from the Marshall Police Department. And they had like, I think it was like an 11 minute phone call or something that night. Hmm. So, and they're really good friends. So, people have speculated cover that. Up. Yeah, it was a cover up. 
I'm trying to find. And um, apparently, there are like a lot of like lakes, swamp, swampy areas. I mean, there's plenty of lakes in um, Lake Michigan. Uh, Michigan, yeah. Um, and apparently, there's like some pig farm nearby and. Like I said, this was this was also on Reddit, which is why I didn't include any of this in my actual script. But we're going off script at this point. We're off the rails, y'all. Yeah, we, we're, we're digging. Just, we're off the rails. Um, so I'm sorry. But anyway, um, it was said that Pratt was going around town bragging or saying that if he killed somebody, he would dispose of their body by bringing them to the, to the pig farm. Because I don't know if you know this, but pigs will eat everything, including bones. What? Yes. That's 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 real. Whoa. You can Google it if you want to. No, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, I, I maybe wouldn't Google that. Mm-mm. That's a suspicious Google search. Speaking of Google searches, if if my husband or anybody I know is ever murdered, they gonna arrest me because of all my Google searches from this <laughs> podcast. I'm just saying. She's but on the anyway. Charlie Project. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm trying to find see if there's a age progression. There's not. I was on the Charlie Project. Dang, I can't even find. Yeah, so I I don't know. I kind of fall in the theory number one that it was. Oh, it was definitely Chris him. Pratt. I think so, allegedly. So if you have any information on Mary's disappearance, please contact the Marshall Police Department at two six nine seven eight one two five nine six, or contact Private Investigator Jim Carlin via phone at 269-274-6334 or via email at jimcarlin344, J-I-M-C-A-R-L-I-N, 344 at gmail.com. Is there any Facebook pages? Oh, yes. I think there is a Facebook page. I think it's Justice for Marylands. Okay. Or Mary Denise Lands. Yeah, there is. I did. I, I usually put that in here, but I forgot. Yeah, I was just wondering. There is. There is one. Okay. So, all right, y'all. That's the case of the disappearance of Mary Denise Lands. Thank you for listening to Homicide Homegirls. If you enjoyed today's episode, head on over to our Facebook page and leave us a review or rate us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you want to be the first to know when an episode is released, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Homicide Homegirls, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Homicide Homegirls Podcast, and Twitter at Homegirls Pod. If you would like to suggest an episode, use the form located on our Facebook page. Once a month, we plan to answer fan-submitted questions in a segment we like to call hashtag AskTheHomegirls, so be sure to use the form on our Facebook page to submit your questions. 